1: Day after Halloween, and we are in the Godforsaken Center Hall at SEMA in Las Vegas. Thanks again to Magnaflow for bringing us out. I might have just said Godforsaken, but we are very, very very thankful for Magnaflow for setting up the podcasting stage here. They've been more than gracious and feeding us and delivering water and basically making us look more legitimate than we are. So this is, once again, the Hooniverse podcast. <laughs> and, and our guest is wondering why he is on the Hooniverse podcast yes. from
2: SEMA. Uh, we have a gentleman from Height Suspension. Thank you for coming on, Scott, or Todd,
0: or Jim. Whatever you guys want. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'll go for Scott. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, so for our listeners who are curious, uh, Height Suspension was started in 1985 in a smaller facility, and now you're 50,000 square feet in Lake Zurich. That is correct. Zurich. Um, so you guys make everything from control arms, cross-members to complete suspension kits, roll cages, subframes the whole gamut.
0: Correct. Yeah, we actually started off back in 85, like you said. We uh, started off primarily with just hot rods and street rod market, and as the years went on, we started getting into the classic trucks. Um, muscle cars became a huge you know, forte for us and when we got bought out a few years back by Wallace, and... Um, Now we're actually even getting into more modern-day cars. So we're doing, you know, trucks up to 87 C10s, and we're even doing the 3rd and 4th Gen Camaro IRSs in front. I was looking at
1: those. I used to own one of those cars, and I'm like, that's a nice IRS setup. Most of the 4th Gen Camaros are about the same price as the IRS setup.
0: You know they are, but that also takes you to a level of performance that you cannot get from a bolt-on part. Um, You know, we've even had Danny Pop, you know, Optima driver Danny Pop in our car. In our third gen, he took second last year in a Super Chevy event with it, first time ever driving it. So our performance suspensions, they do what they're supposed do to do. you guys actually handle, like on a third gen or a fourth gen F-body like that? I mean, they were competent
1: for their time, but by today's standards, they'd have the structural abil- you know ability of basically like a lasagna noodle. Right. Um, do you guys handle that as well? or
0: We do, yeah. We actually do subframe connectors both inner and outer for the third gen, and then for the fourth gen we do do the outer subframe connectors. It's the first thing you should do, though. I mean, anytime you're building one of those oh, cars, yeah. well,
1: you got to get it straight before you can actually build exactly. anything at well, and I bring that up just because the um, Fox body builds lately, just converting to IRS, have been much more of a thing. And like our buddy Matt's build is is done to the hilt, and I just want to see that done. I'd like to see it done on an F body build. Just go. Haha, it was a better platform. I told you. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, I mean, we
2: get questioned a lot. Like, should you do power or suspension? And we usually tell people suspension brakes then add the power and i mean i would assume unbiasedly unbiasedly you would say the same thing but it just makes sense to make your car handle before you you understeer into the k the k rail
0: well that's just it too there's a lot of people that'll put big power in a stock suspension and suddenly you're at the track oh i did that i was dumb (laughs) i was 20 i was an idiot and you can't corner you can't brake and you're off the road all the time that's yeah, horrible. We, you know, the best car we ever owned was a 92 Camaro. It was when we were doing our third gen, you know, uh, yeah. prototyping. We had a 305 and an automatic. So we put all of our best suspension in there and IRS oh, and everything. Oh, that a was league.
1: a shit drivetrain. It was
0: amazingly slow, <laughs> but the most amount of fun that I've ever had driving I any bet. of our cars. And we have 700 horsepower cars at the shop. I still would take that old third gen out and take it home all with me really? all the time. It, you could literally floor it coming out of every corner. Yeah. And it sounded badass because, you know, You had no exhaust on it. Like, we had no mufflers, but...
2: Well, the the engine almost makes it idiot-proof. Right. You don't have enough torque and horsepower to get into trouble, so if you were on a track and you flat-footed out of a corner, you're not going to be spinning. You're just going to be like, okay, let's go now. I'm
1: trying to remember what the Thurjins peaked out at. I don't think that they ever came in and over, like... I think like maybe 260 horsepower or something like that.
0: Yeah, if ours still had 150, it was a good day. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was down a couple cylinders. It looked amazing. We bought it from the original owner who actually stored it on basketballs every single year. So when we went to take off, you know, the old suspension, we could actually see the basketball marks in the floor pan from where he had it stored. You could read Wilson. Wait, wait,
1: wait. He stored it on basketballs. On basketball. I've never heard of this. Before. Yeah, either
0: of us. I. I actually had to email of the guy when I bought it. So he's trying to figure out what the dents were in the back, and that's when he told us. What's his reasoning? He was... I, don't, I honestly don't know. So what did That's he just do? Every, just like, he would raise the car in a jack and put the basketballs underneath and lower the jack down to keep the wheels off the ground.
1: So was that basically, So did he just have a bunch of them in the car so he could like roll it around the garage like a <laughs> pyramid construction style or what? I honestly don't
2: I know. I mean, jack you, stands are cheap.
0: They are. <laughs> basketballs are cheaper. Or
1: even those little roller
0: lifts where you just pop right. them
2: up real quick. He needs to come to
1: SEMA and see <laughs> how what the world has to this offer This gentleman him. just needs to explain himself because I'm
0: thoroughly confused. I made him a promise when I bought that car. I bought it for wisconsin i made him a promise that i would never change out the motor on it that we would just only do the suspension and it would be on tv and it was on tv and we left the motor and he was so happy i ended up getting like emails it was an older gentleman he ended up emailing just excited that i didn't like that we didn't put an ls power plant in. right it. so yeah. that's fantastic it was great Even though know, that'd be the right move to do with this no point. Uh, yeah 100 <laughs> um but
2: uh it, it's funny though we were talking about the adding the power and all that stuff because uh, i had a great experience of uh, why you should do that and it was a car where it was my friend's car it was a 68 68 firebird 69 firebird uh we installed a full suspension kit um i won't say the which brand And we put it in there, and we hadn't done engine yet. We hadn't even done steering. We just did suspension. So there was no brake dive. It it was flat as could be in the corners. But because we didn't do steering yet, it was still super dead in the middle. And then as soon as it caught, it was like a a rocket. It was so awesome. But he's waiting to blow up the 350 to stuff a 400 in it. Um, But now he's ready for it Um, because he also did brakes at the same time, too. Um, So it just makes sense. Now, you guys are primarily, like you said, muscle cars, hot rods. But you do the trucks, too. What is it just sport trucks or do you do any off-road based stuff or is it
0: all? Nothing off road based at this time, so just sports trucks. A lot well, of that the market's 40s. super covered anyway. It is, you know, we, I mean, with the with the market that we started off in, everybody just knew us as, you know, the 30s and 40s and 50s people. So when we actually went into muscle cars, it was a change of pace. You know, we had to actually get known in that market, which was pretty easy. And as we're now moving into the more modern day cars, it's you know, again, changing our market. There's, there's these are populated, very saturated, you know, places that we're going into, but we're bringing something that nobody else has. Everybody's got the bolt on parts. Nobody else has an independent rear suspensions that are made specifically. for for these applications.
1: Yeah, I was just, you know, just curious, Yeah, when Corey hooked up the interview and everything, he's like, oh, yeah, we got the Heights guys coming on. They'll they'll be great and blah, blah, blah. And I started looking at the website and flipping around and like, and I hadn't looked at F-Body parts in 10 years because I haven't owned one in 15. And uh, I was poking around and it's like, it looks like you guys are, I mean, maybe there's one or two other people that are playing in that space with the IRS, but yours is by far like the most properly engineered one that i've seen and a lot of people seem to be piecing them together and i'm like that's the last thing i want to be screwed around with is you right. know having having to try and figure out and piece together suspension geometry on the back end of a car like that
0: yeah a lot of people try to piece in the c4 you know irs's which it works you got to you know modify your floor a lot of people lose their back seats ours is a unit where you don't touch your interior your back seat stays in place your stock gas tank location stays in place it's just, it's meant for that car. The track width is right, the wheels are right, everything just continues to work. And that right. comes
1: that comes with coilovers, right?
0: It comes with over shocks, yeah. All of our suspension kits come with adjustable coilovers shocks if you're in our Pro-G line, which is going to be our racing line of things. Um, and all of our IRS's are Pro-G's, so they all come with adjustable coilovers When you shocks. get
1: an IRS kit that, that has those dampers in the rear, obviously, do you, does that come along with, with suspension for the front, too, or is that a separate buy?
0: Suspension for the front is a separate buy. We normally recommend, if you're doing the rear, that you must... Yeah, you should do something, something with the front. I mean, bars
1: no or you know at a minimum.
0: Yeah, control arms and at least some coilovers too, because we will lower your car a little bit. So.
2: Now, how different is the kit for? Because, like you said, you, your span of products in terms of year, model year. How different is a kit for a car from the 30s to one for a car from the early 70s? I mean, it's got to be pretty substantially different. The products in it are probably the same, but maybe just the how you reworked the geometry stuff, on
0: Yeah, I mean, if, when you look at front-end kids from the 30s, they're all our Super Ride Series. It's a certain cross, member that ran along there. We had, like, you know, universal control arms that kind of went the range with those Lots two. Lots of
1: positive camber. Uh,
0: right, yeah. <laughs> You know, when you started getting into the 70s, we're starting to move into people who want a negative camera because they wanted to play on the autocross tracks a little bit more. Different control arms are a little bit beefier, heavier duty They can handle it. Well, the cars are a lot heavier it's once that, you hit the 70s too, right? Yeah, cross members are going to be do, like doubled up a lot of times for these bigger power plants. Uh, when you move into the IRSs, all of our. First and second gen Camaros and Firebirds, first and second gen Novas, and then our first gen Mustangs are all bolt-in IRSs. So the normal consumer can do it in their driveway on jack stands, which is awesome. That is awesome. When you move into the third and fourth gen Camaros, we move into a welding unit. It's just okay. we can't actually get our hands on it, you know, enough that we could feel comfortable with. On you know on the frame rails and it needs to be welded.
1: Last year I got I, I got to know Pete Brock real briefly and and then had him on the show and he dropped the biggest piece of knowledge and I don't think anybody had heard at that point is that he goes oh yeah the Mustang was also always supposed to be IRS we'd already built the prototypes that way and then accountants basically came
0: in and went nope not going to do it so you guys fix that problem obviously exactly. yeah we give you the modern day handling now in an old six, you know sixty seven Mustang so. just out of curiosity do you have a G body application we do. We do. We do a little bit. Um, yeah, we, we have some of the bolt-on parts right now for the G-body. It's one of those ones that we're, as 2018s approaching, we're looking at, do we get into the IRS on a G-body? That's Maybe go I, into A-bodies. I
1: would love to do, you know, just for the weird factor of it, I would love to get like a T-type or maybe even a proper Grand National and put an IRS in it just to make people go like, what the, f- these aren't supposed to actually handle. Yeah. I mean.
0: You get a Grand National, just bring it up to our shop. We'll <laughs> prototype it for a year. And then we give it back to you. Where you guys good?
1: based again? <laughs>
2: Illinois. Actually, that's where the Firebird is. To be totally honest, um, it, so uh, I just thought of that. It used to started in California. Now it's out there. Uh, so, is your main customer has to be heavy resto mod, track day, autocross, like an Optima battery or Optima streetcar challenge type person?
0: We're you know we're about a fifty fifty right now. We get a lot of people that just want to do a nice rust amount and have a nice daily driver, a nice weekend driver, going to car shows. They'll never make it on a racetrack, but they're still maybe buying our independent rear suspensions. And then we do get the people too that are actually taking them out in the racetracks and doing weekend you know SCCA events or Optima events. So we do get a nice range.
1: Well, and we get the we get a little spoiled here. You know, we're both in Southern California, so the canyon roads out there are like. Eh. There are a few places in the, in the country where you get to replicate that kind of driving, and it's we get super spoiled. I'm surprised, actually, that we're seeing stuff that's as focused on handling, frankly, in Illinois as we are just because that whole Midwest area. When I went to Detroit for the first time, I'm like, oh, I understand why American cars didn't handle for a long time because it's just you don't have a lot of that road. But, I mean, you guys are tackling it from a very different perspective.
0: We do. And a lot of people actually think that we're out of California. They're surprised to learn that we're you know, in the like north side of Chicago. Nobody believes that we're out of Illinois. But IRS, is, our roads are horrible up fast. We need to ride smooth, too. Yeah. That's a
2: good point. That's a good point. Uh, what do you, what do you do- drive on a daily basis?
0: I actually have a few cars. I uh, have a 1954 Chevy truck, long okay. bed, that's got all of our height suspension on Thank it. Thank
2: you for doing a long bed. I it, don't know why everybody's against the long bed.
0: Nobody, you know, they look great when they're done. And right. a lot of people, I got a three-quarter ton. They don't believe that it's a real three-quarter ton because they're just not common. And it's a one-year truck. That 54 is just the oh. only year that grill so that and like everything else. like a big else. rear glass, too, or? It's a single-piece glass, Okay. yeah. 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 So, okay. Oh, because yeah, that's the
1: super expensive, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because I, I just sold a, a Ford long bed. But I had a 65, and it was, um, everybody was like, oh, yeah, I like it, but I'd rather it was a short bed. Like, oh, so you want less truck with your truck. Like, what are you talking about? I, yeah. I, I, I get some people for aesthetic purposes, but it just looks more truckly, it which does. is a word I just truckly? made Truckly? Yes,
0: I like that. It okay. It's and like It's like bigly. It's like crumulants. <laughs> oh, no, it's like bigly. <laughs> you go to a car show, you're the only long bed there. Yeah, that's you true. You automatically win the truck division. I agree. So. I agree. What yeah. else do you have? I got a 2000 Camaro SS. Oh, so, so
1: you were a guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: I got some of our bolt-on parts on there. We also own Alston Racing, which is a drag racing line. Yeah. So I got actually some of the Alston Racing components on my car. Oh, is that
1: your that's a drag car predominantly, then?
0: It, oh. Well, <laughs> it sounds not like it's a Not if my wife streak. is listening, it's yeah. not. okay. <laughs> not if my child's in it, either. Yeah. <laughs> my wife, let's just say my wife's petrified of it. After driving it twice, putting a little bit of a tune in there in our bolt-on parts, she drove it in the rain. Torque arm kicked oh. in with the decoupling torque arm, and yeah. you know, she hasn't driven it since. F
1: bodies can be a little tricky in the wet.
0: Yeah, outside of the leaky T tops. Yeah, it's a great you're, car. You're dealing with the that. leaky T tops, and then the next thing you know, you've oversteered a bit in the rain. It <laughs> is. But every time I drive it, it puts a smile on my face. Oh, well, yeah, that's fantastic. It was. I just unloaded a 2016 WRX I had a family car. Okay. You know, so I got rid of the WRX. I still love the SS more than that 2016 WRX. And this thing is just so much more fun. Oh, so, so you bought an SS? Oh, yeah. I wanted a WS6, but again, try to find a WS6 in the Chicagoland area that you can't put your finger through the floor. Right, it's impossible.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. They're way more, way easier to find out here. Yeah. Yeah. Let I me mean, even contact them. I'm sure I'll see one in like two weeks. <laughs> now, you guys do some universal kits too, right?
0: We do. We have our uh, universal independent rear suspension kits, and then we also do some universal front end kits. So we've had people that have even put our uh, our IRS kits in Challengers and Cudas. We've had the run the full gamut uh, Chevelles, trucks. You could put an IRS in my truck with one of our kits if you wanted to.
1: How do you actually handle suspension geometry on a kind of a generic kit like that where it's, you know, it meant for a one-size-fits-all?
0: We'll tell people. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get their frame dimensions from them. We'll figure out exactly what they're looking to do, and we'll let them know honestly if it's going to work or not. We do also offer, I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot of you'll get the benefits of an irs out of it but you're not going to get all the benefits of like the negative camber and things along those lines because again it's a universal application on some of these you know if it's for our camaro or the mustang where it was made specifically for that car you're going to have an easier install because those are
1: basically like multi-link setups that you guys are doing on those applications right
0: yeah yeah we even have a super ride that i mean you can get in five different track widths with different cross member widths the whole nine yards but they don't handle as much power you're going to be stuck at that 400 horsepower time you know it's universal
2: so so the reason i, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Segue Just, yeah, yeah into the universal kit world is because i i have a and everybody listening right now is going to start laughing uh at least the people who follow this um i have a project car that i've had for four years that's gone nowhere uh and it's nothing you guys have done so it's it's an 84 mercedes wagon and we've taken the um the inline five turbo diesel out and I have a 5.7 liter Hemi in. Okay. It's literally bolted in and that's it. Tell what the gag up. is. Well, we can't figure out steering. Um, it's hard to find steering room in there. And then, uh, I mean, I would do suspension changes to it. So it had self-leveling. And we got rid of that and put in, um, we put in the rear springs because it was like $400. Whereas if you need to fix the self-leveling, it's like $2,500. Okay. Um, so we're on the hunt for someone to help us figure out steering. And, uh, and then if I went s- Suspension options from there I'd be very curious What that car could do Though I also need I, This car needs a lot A lot of help I had a shop lined up They were going to give me A crazy friend of a friend Shop deal I was going to ship the car To the east coast And then they are just Like we're too busy So now I'm on the hunt again To figure out it's, it's a thorn in my side That I can't let go People are like Why don't you just sell it um, It's like could you, could you deal with Something weird like that Or is that just like So far
0: out of the wheelhouse We've done some weird ones. I mean, I could probably hook you up with one of our engineers and we could try to figure out something that would actually maybe possibly work for you. Um, that's a weird one. Yes, I told you it was going to be a weird one. <laughs> well, he's got a whole shtick behind that
2: car. Well, I, I just thought it would be funny to reunite Daimler and Chrysler. So, like, this is like the original Dodge Magnum. Um and I just wanted, one of our friends, a, a guy from Finland who contributes to uh, for us uh, at Hooniverse.com, just found uh, I don't know where he found this because he's in Finland, but it's a uh, commemorative watch commemorating the, the merger. I'm like, if I get this car done, I need to embed that in the dash panel. <laughs> Dude, somehow. that should
1: be your—it's like a swatch too. I think it was a swatch. Do, do it like Lexus style, right in the middle of the dash, right as your clock, my tobulion or whatever you call it, watch. So yeah, I'm on the hunt um, for this. So we might need to talk more. Yeah, That is definitely not built. Well, I the trickiest thing with him, though, is the is the steering the steering situation is getting that, getting the rack and everything, and getting the angle coming off the off the plate. So well, because we, we had to remove the stock steering box because the Hemi is so wide. Okay. So I was like, "You should have just LS'd
2: it." Like, I know, but that's boring. Um, so I wanted to do something different, and now I'm kind of like at the point where like I will do anything that works as long as it's an American V8. Right. Just for I need to drive it. I, I want to put my kid in the back of it and keep it fairly stock looking. Well, yeah. until the other plan takes place, and then I want to Safari. it. Um,
1: (laughs) Dude, Safari's officially done after the Uh, SEMA. It doesn't matter because
2: I I wanted to do it for, what, like two years now? And so I'm way behind, but the car hasn't been ready. I had this plan years ago. Um, And
0: And you got a Hemi, so that's what matters, right? Yeah. LS uh, swap's looking a lot better right
2: now. I could go get it. If I ever broke down, I could fix it outside of a a Walmart, you know, with parts from inside the Walmart. Where's the Hemi? I'm screwed. Yeah. do you have any oddball projects you've worked on over the
0: course of your life? There's got to be stuff, right? Nothing, really. No. Really? It's uh, I lead a boring life. I mean, my... That's the 54 well, Chevy truck. Well, not be the a of this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a 54 Chevy truck. When we started building it. It was one of those ones where it was, uh, it was my father-in-law's, and he oh, passed cool. away. Okay. They owned it since brand new, and my wife... I didn't even know the truck existed. I've been married for a year, and my wife told me about it. I'm like, we went and looked at it. I'm like, five grand. We're going to repay in it. We'll fix the motor. That's it. I'm not going to say what I have in sure. Yeah, but I mean, this is incredibly bad multiples of five grand. And I finally <laughs> had to take my wife one day to go look at it. So it's being built for like a year into the process and she didn't recognize the truck which was bad. She liked it. Mm-hmm. She didn't recognize it, and then I kind of knew I wasn't done. And then she told me that we're having a baby. I'm like, so oh this truck God. is going to be done in a month? Yeah. Um, but there was, there's just parts that didn't exist. I mean, running boards had to be custom made out of fire blasts, couldn't find real ones. It's just like a lot of the random things because it was that one model year. Yeah, truck. Yeah, so
2: things don't fit.
0: Right. So, I mean, there's been a lot of things like that. It's, Beautiful truck. I mean, we love it to death. But at the same time, every day I go in my garage, I look at that. I say, I could have had a Corvette. Do
2: you drive it though? I do. Okay, good. We do.
0: We drive it a lot. She actually drives it finally to work now. That, you know, we got some of the bugs nice. worked out of it. Which is funny when she goes to a very proper job, all dressed up in a dress, she gets out of this, you know, rough tumbling truck that where the thing has such a like aggressive cam and it just shakes back and forth. Oh, <laughs> what <laughs> it, engine is in it? It's a three eighty three stroker. Oh, um, that's
1: and probably a fantastic. aggressive cam. I'm guessing.
0: It's a very aggressive cam <laughs> with a turbo three fifty. We get like six miles to the gallon on premium. What color it's uh, fire engine red it's actually torch red from a 20 from a corvette color so
2: okay that's got to be a gorgeous truck and I so it. it rides great on the
1: suspension
0: it does yeah we got the heights front end of there and then i actually have a heights four link being it was a three-quarter ton it was narrowed in the back so we actually had to angle out the shocks a little bit so the back's a rough it rides a little rougher but it's also a really good drag setup right now so this thing just launches and goes
2: i mean you i mean you should probably t- take this thing to the autocross too it sounds like uh it'd be a lot of fun
0: I still have the original latches on the doors, which sometimes I like to fly open when you're driving. So maybe not. It's, I put seatbelts in last How year. Are the I got that belt. With a Hydro Boost system, much better. Yeah. Yeah, we How'd had they, about four inches of vacuum.
2: Wait, because it was four discs, right? Or four drums, sorry. It
0: was, yeah, we got disc brakes all around. Yeah, because so.
2: that's when I had my truck. I never added power brakes, but I swapped the front to discs, and that alone made a, a
1: pretty healthy, definitely healthy difference in my life. Uh, but well, the, yeah, I mean, a drum brake will actually—it's mechanically superior, but the cooling properties—you can stop like that once, right? <laughs> right. And I, that, a BMW cut me off
2: once, and they found out. They, they heard a, a old truck lock up behind them, and I came to a stop like three feet from their bumper, breathing heavily, and they were in the in their side view, like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Like, yeah, please look next time before you signal, and or you know signal next time and, uh, well yeah your truck would have just plowed through the back end of that and car. it was, wouldn't be good because uh, yours probably the same way unless you've swapped over the steering components to uh, non-collapsible steering column
0: yeah it's uh, <laughs> I'm 6'5 so I mean I'm up on that wheel to begin with as it is I mean the gas tank I love the gas tank in the cab yep. you know nostalgia you gotta do that yeah so, i mean I got a ticking time bomb behind me, yep. and everybody likes to cut me off because apparently it's not bright enough, or people just pull out in front of me because you don't hear it coming. Like it's it's absolutely mesmerizing. So, I, I'm a,
1: less worried about the gas tank in the back music you'd have to get pretty bad situation for that to actually get punctured. But the, the collapsible column, I was even worried about it for you. I'm like, dude, one of my one of our friends saw a, a wrecked F100 on the side
2: of the road, and he, he's he's go you know it's on the highway, so everybody's crawling by it. He looked over. And I, like the A pillar got hit too, so you know that crumbles right away. He, he called me. He's like, dude, be careful. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm okay, man. I'm just cruising, you know, around the PCH in this thing. It's not. I'm not really doing long hauls in it. Uh, right. But I do I do miss it a little bit in your truck with a 383. That's got to be just
0: awesome. It's pretty mean. I mean, it sounds amazing. You pull in the car shows, everyone's looking for something else because you don't expect it coming out of this right. truck.
2: Oh, who brought the uh, Challenger? Uh, right. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's a big red truck. Look at that thing. So it's, you know, it's worked out well. People in my wife's company are all just like in awe. Nobody believes it's actually hers because, I mean, it shouldn't be. Because <laughs> they're idiots.
2: <laughs> now, uh, now, back to the suspension side of things, Are there, are there any models you're working on coming up are you trying to are you trying to stay like tw- 25 years behind the newest car but keep like a, a moving window as time marches on
0: you know we uh when we went to the third and fourth jet market we knew that it was gonna be something new something that nobody knew who heights was and it's definitely a trying thing because again everybody knows a lot of these other dealers they've been around manufacturers for a long time we are going to go back to the 70s a little bit because there's still some untapped potential there and we i mean we get a lot of requests off the website a lot of people calling in for mopars calling in for, you know, full Chevelle IRS Cimarron. or
2: Cimarron. <laughs> W123 benzes Right, exactly,
0: yep. yeah. 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 That, that's a daily call that I get. It's absolutely crazy. Well, it's going to be a daily call. <laughs> Remind me to give you somebody else's business right. card. <laughs> Todd's. I don't know if he's going to be around after Monday night. No. <laughs> Todd will probably take him out of the phone system, too. I'm not also, I'm also the marketing guy, but I'm also the sales director and uh, the sprinkler guy and the IT nice. guy. It's a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> But, no, it's, uh, we'll probably end up actually either doing Mopar now for 2018 or maybe Corvettes. We get a ton of Corvette calls, and they're kind of an angry bunch when they find out we don't build anything. We get told uh, off.
1: I own a C6, and for the most part, I won't talk to anybody else that owns Corvette. They're horrible online. They are horrible people. <laughs> Though I will say internet.
2: I did go to, uh, I attended an Optima Streetcar Challenge event in Fontana, uh, with our friend John Kerry, he actually brought an older Porsche there, which was Porsche there, which was fun because he was the only one basically. Um, but there was a couple next to us, husband and wife, with clearly shit loads of money, and they had uh, C2 Corvettes yeah. that they were racing. And he busted his trans, and they pulled the car in. He jacked it up, he got underneath, and he fixed it enough so he could keep racing. And I was like. All right, bro. I mean, like you're doing no. it. You're doing it very right. right. And his wife was crushing it in her seat too. And so they, they, they
1: exist. It's just harder to find. To be innovative. very clear, I'm not talking about the people who do that. I'm talking about the people that never move their car, from, oh, yeah. except from their garage to the end of their driveway, and they wipe it with a baby. The ones that. who <laughs> actually own Hawaiian shirts, right, exactly. not just <laughs> joke about owning the Hawaiian shirts.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I imagine we'll probably maybe be hitting the Corvette scene for 2018. You know, doing like fronts and rears. And again, we had to go. I mean. They're expensive suspensions. I mean, these aren't the cheapest kits out there. All of our stuff is made here in America, made in Chicago. You know, we hand-weld everything. So we have (laughs) top-notch products, but you do pay a premium for some of these products. So going after the Corvettes, going after the Mopars, it's definitely people that take a lot of pride in their cars and actually have, you know.
1: Well, you can probably get away with it a little easier in, in the Mopar market and the Corvette market just because the price point is a little higher to start with. Uh, And I think there's a reasonable expectation versus, you know, in the Camaro and the Mustang market, they're so price sensitive because so many cheap things exist. People don't necessarily realize that sometimes you get what you pay. There's some outstanding values out there, but sometimes you get what you pay for in those markets. And, uh, yeah, you'll end up doing it two or three times over that way.
0: Exactly. We've seen people before that have actually bought knockoffs of some of our suspensions to the point where the company knocking it off puts our directions in their box.
1: Holy shit. That's when you
0: look, impressive. It's very impressive. When you look at the like the products, like, this is half the thickness of our steel. The wells aren't penetrated. I mean, everything that we take pride in, these parts are not. So
1: one good rough ride, and that thing's just going to snap and exactly. Were they passing it off as your product?
0: Or? No, they don't, but they just put our name on it. You know, like, with the directions, they still put their name on the tag. Was this overseas company? Or? It is an overseas, yeah. Did, um,
2: did any of your production, did your quality take a hit when the day after the Cubs won the World Series?
0: A lot of White Sox us. Oh, there's fans some mis-
2: mis-stamped parts and, and some, <laughs> some messy welds. And
0: it's, uh, I think pretty much the only Cubs fan in our building might have been the owner. Oh, really? He might have been in a little bit later that day. Every, but, uh, everybody else, else drove home to the south side. We all like the Sox, so okay. yeah. Okay. We support the good team. <laughs>
2: That's fair enough, fair enough. I had a friend who was a longtime Cubs fan on a business flight home from New York to Chicago for, that, for the last game of the World Series. They got diverted to Detroit for fuel and then they picked up the TV the plane had no TVs and he landed and he's like people were taking their time getting off the plane he's shoving people out of the way and he caught from the 8th inning to the end in the airport bar or something at O'Hare so I'm bringing up baseball because it's timely because the Dodgers are on the day not not that that's my team but it's been a great series Um, so I mean it sounds like you guys are doing cool stuff now on the truck side it's got to be really fun as cars change you know, there's still probably some familiar mounting points from generation to generation. But a truck, you could build something for, you know, a '62 slick body Ford, and be like, "Oh, that works on the '78 uh, F-150." By the way,
0: uh, you do get a lot more with the range of the years. Uh, we started actually doing C-10s a couple years ago, and you know, started with the mid '60s and ended up all the way up to '87, which is then ironic when we started looking at a lot of the Ford F-100s in that '60s, and '70s time frame. Our four links look the same, and our Super ride two front ends look the same. Different, you know, like in terms of say like the mounting points a little bit. Saddles are a little different, but when but you look at the two kits, you can't tell them apart. You're not uh,
1: exactly re-engineering. You're just re- just changing mounting exactly. points. Yeah. We built
0: a heavy, yeah. heavy-duty part that people are putting diesels in, and you know, it's holding it. Our, our four links are just so ridiculously over-engineered. They're going to handle whatever kind of power you want to put at them. So. so,
1: in that regard, when you swap to an IRS on the back of a truck. What, if any, kind of uh, trade-offs are there versus just having the solid axle there?
0: you know when we do the four links which is pretty much what most everyone's doing on the trucks it's some of these people are drag racing them or whatnot and yeah. the four link is really where it's after yeah. that if you're, we've done some of these irs's i just did a 47 to 54 chevy truck frame we build frames now too um, with an irs and it, sent it over to australia they wanted to autocross it we have an apache with a local uh, builder that just built one a couple, that's cool. about two years ago he yeah. did an irs in his too on the stock frame so again he's more of a road racer guy he does uh I don't know how much that truck will be seeing the track, but it'll probably be out there at one or two events. He's a probably World Series driver, though, so, I mean, he wants to go oh, through cool. corners, you know?
1: So I'd have to imagine doing that on a truck just because you've got body on frame. You've got something much more solid to mount to and having, the, well, relatively speaking, those old C channels are not always the greatest.
2: Right.
0: But
1: they're okay. Also, it's, since
2: it was an Apache, I'm wondering if it was Johnny O'Connell or uh, yeah,
0: the other Cadillac driver. He's a yeah. Z28 driver. Oh, okay. So it's actually with Black Dog Racing. Oh, okay. Cool. So... Yeah.
1: So, like, what do you do when you're trying to introduce IRS to a platform like the F-Body where it's, as we said earlier, it's very flexible, but, like, how do you manage all those mounting points and all that stress without just, you know, yanking apart those panels on the bottom of the car?
0: Yeah, you know, with, uh, when, it, when it came to the 3rd and 4th Gen, we, we tried to figure out a bolt-in application. We had a couple of cars in the shop. You know, we eventually started cutting away, and you keep cutting away a little bit more, and eventually come down to the frame rails. It's like, well, this is a welding unit. I mean, we bolted one up, we just didn't feel comfortable with it, knowing what kind of power people are putting out now, and knowing what people want to do with these cars, so being a welding unit, it'll turn a few people off, because unfortunately you can't put this one in your driveway in most cases. Right. It's, it's a little bit of a more detailed install. You had to drill out a whole lot of spot welds, I mean, you're going to go through some bits on that one, but at the end of the day, it's a good, competent shop, you're looking at 25 hours for install no, that's time. that's not too bad. It's not no, too bad. Not a lot bad. of our other ones are 8 to 10 hours, so I mean, it's doubling, you know, in a lot of people's minds what it was, but... What you're getting at the end of the day is a car that's going to go smoke a brand new Camaro SS. You can throw an LS motor in it. Well, there. it's a lot lighter. Yeah. But it's also. And a lot cooler,
2: th- th- On the other side, though, to offer those kits that you could theoretically. Wrench it yourself in your driveway. That is, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, it's it's mostly unbolting and rebolting, right?
0: Yeah, right. With our first and second gen Camaro stuff, right. So we actually had a couple people in the, you know at uh, our booth today that were saying that they have a beautiful '69, you know, worth a lot of money. They want to give it modern day performance, but they don't want to ruin it. We give them the capability to actually just bolt it right in, and when they want to sell the car again, unbolt it, bolt your stock stuff in. You didn't damage anything. Yeah, I was,
1: I was always wary of you know kind of bolting. Bolton chassis stiffening like that um how much of a difference really is there at this point between a bolting kit and a welding kit in terms of rigidity
0: we have a 68 cabrera's back at the office it's making well over 600 horsepower at the wheels we have the full bolt-on subframe up front Bolton irs Bolton you know subframe connectors and we kept it bolt because we wanted to show people that yes this car can go out and race you can do motor stay with it you can do scca events mm-hmm. with it you don't have to worry I mean, we're making a lot of horsepower. we got a lot of tire on the back that thinks we wind the whole car. The bolts don't break. I mean, the hardware's great. And unfortunately, a lot of people that can't weld it, think they can. At this point, you're better off bolting it in. You know, I mean, some of these yeah. welds are sloppy. You're just stacking on top, but you haven't penetrated anything. All you're doing is building it up. Building it up looks like bubble gum at the end of the day. You're going to be better off with bolts. <laughs> More filler does not
1: equal better weld.
0: Exactly. Yeah, right, right. You know, that's all sometimes what you see in a lot of these builds. So, And if you wanted to weld it in, you totally could. I mean, it's still a weldable unit. So.
2: Now, um, is there anything out there that you personally wish you guys were offering kits for right now? Like, is there – got to find a kit for this car?
0: Our next build – my wife really wants to build the Chevelle. Okay. So I, your wife sounds awesome. Girl. I know, right? You know, again, if she's listening, I love you. If not, then she just likes to spend money. So, and I'm okay <laughs> with it. I get I – mean, we go through a lot of cars. <laughs> just a ridiculous amount of cars. And I'm all for the Chevelle. She wants to have, you know, the black, the white stripes. If I can convince them to do the IRS for the build next year, there will be a Chevelle sticking in my garage right after that with a nice Heights IRS on it. So that's pretty much where to go. I've always had a love for the 70 Cuda when I was growing up. My father had one. That's a car that I've always just, you know, I want to get. Well, it sounds
1: like that may be a direction that you guys are going to go anyway.
0: It could be. Yeah, that's kind of where we're going. There's just so much variety, you know, like with with the Mopar. There wasn't a whole lot of consistency across the board with cross members with different engines get you different cross members and there's not a lot of years so you might have like a three-year span here and then you're on to another so you know we like to do it like where you get one cross member that can hold a variety of engines that makes sense mopar doesn't like that
2: no i mean they offered the, yeah the breadth of engines they offered was massive correct everybody offered a lot of engines but mopar offered speaking of you they uh, they're selling the hell the hell crate now the hell crate yes i am it's people have amazing. already told me That it would probably fit in the same spot as my 5.7, which it doesn't matter because it's not like that's running. um, Also, I don't have a twenty thousand
1: dollar engine. I was going to say, do you have twenty or thirty grand for a motor too?
2: (laughs) I I don't have the money for a twenty thousand dollar engine. I'm thinking that
1: they wouldn't be real big on sponsoring that project because I don't think they find the humor in reuniting those brands. (laughs) Uh,
2: Some people internally do, but they could never admit it, it
1: officially uh, it.
2: yeah um and for a while they didn't do um they didn't do like dollar cars so it couldn't be like oh give me a pre-production car and then the engine they're like no we don't we don't do that because um, i asked i definitely yeah. asked uh but some of their engineers did say the i think the 6.2 and the 5.7 use if not the same engine mounts very similar ones but i think it's the same
1: mounts i think so that, that would make sense well, i mean why would you change that architecturally in the same generation of motors right, right. um We'd be in business then. I mean, I just need to get this damn car running. <laughs> um, so, you know, whatever. What are we going to do for then? I don't know. I, I'd, if all else fails and, and, may, and, and you had an unlimited budget, I'd still love to see a C63 V8 in there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be, that'd be fun too. I mean, you know what would be fun? If it just ran. If the car just works, That
1: would be nice. Baby steps, um, right? Yeah,
2: because it's going to be like the Daddy Mobile, the road trip car. Right. I have big plans for it, and none of them are happening. But that's that's <laughs> life. But I'm not selling it either. I, like, I can't let go. Right. It's costing me money each month. It's sitting in a, a, the back of a friend's tow lot in Garden Grove, California, nice. um, under a tarp. And it's not like anybody can steal it. The steer, there's not even steering in it. Nothing's connected. Right. Um, so... We've obviously learned a lot about suspension today and your awesome super rad truck and your equally super rad wife. Yeah. Um, So everybody listening, uh, where can they, uh, where can they, what's the URL? That's what I'm trying to say here.
0: Yeah, for a website for both uh, Heights and Alston Racing, it's just www.heights.com. And how do they spell Heights? We spell it H-E-I-D-T-S. So and we actually uh, so we do own the Alston racing line of things, so we do a lot of drag racing in there too. We have all of this product on our website now also. Does anybody ever say heights and just like drive you nuts? We are heighted to everybody. Yeah, and I, I don't understand. Heighted's. And then well, when people email me, they'll actually spell heights out with a G H T. But you okay. just emailed me with right. a D, so uh, you wow. typed my email address. This is what, what happens
1: when you deal with the public at large.
0: Also As we sit
1: in a room with 20,000 right. people, the public at large. <laughs> yeah, right. More than that,
0: I just had to walk over here. It was impossible. It's like a 20-minute walk. I could see my booth, and it still took that long. That's funny. Uh,
2: that's fantastic. So, well, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, everybody listen. Go check out their suspension. Even if you don't have a specific model there, they have the universal kits, which could be good stuff, and then just all kinds of other parts going on um, you know, from the subframe connectors yeah. and axles and all and all the other stuff we mentioned, and yeah. s- steering and solutions. Whilst, not for your car,
1: but... <laughs> yes. And whilst you're doing that, you should also buy Magnaflow mufflers and exhaust yes. uh, Because they were gracious enough, gracious enough to host us once again, and this year we have a stage, so we look legitimate. Yeah, we get to look down on people. Alright, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys.